And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by G3. You've got grain to sell, we're buying. G3, grain elevators in Saskatchewan are open for business and want to buy your grain. Find a G3 grain elevator near you today at g3smarter.ca. And also brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 individual row metering system. We have an update on this week's grain market and how canola and wheat have done price-wise. APAS releases a report today on poor internet service in rural Saskatchewan. Real Agriculture takes a look at livestock markets. And we have a two-part feature on crop damage from spray drift due to this spring's strong, strong winds. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424-2967. And Canadian Hail Agencies, providing you hail insurance for 25 years. Contact your broker today to see why Canadian hail adjusters are voted the best in the industry. Grain prices have shown some upward movement this week. PI Financial Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo of Regina says canola is up about $5 per metric ton this week. Starting off with the canola front, Jim, on the November contract that I've been mostly talking with clients now, that uh, since the July will be coming uh, expiring soon. It's uh, November canola has increased about uh, $13 a ton now since the beginning of the month. And this week as well too, canola has inched higher, up another $5 approximately. So uh, I think it might be due to a few factors. Uh, the first is, is some of the weather across the prairies here. Uh, talking with clients uh, in kind of northern parts of uh, Alberta, higher than Edmonton and more north than there. There's been a lot of weather that's affected the crop. Not many good fields possibly here in Saskatchewan. It might be actually kind of the opposite, so a little bit too dry in areas. Uh, as well as two actually one uh, commodity farms often don't watch is actually on the soybean oil side. So soybean oil has been steadily increasing and that's uh, been quite positive for, for canola prices. Now I have been talking about uh, possibly hedging some new crop and actually kind of protecting, especially if clients are unsure how much they're going to have. So what is the, uh, the, the overall total price for canola? On the November futures, we're sitting at 478.50 as we talk right now. I'm watching 480 on that contract as a resistance or ceiling for it. Uh, if it does go through that, 490 could be in sight. And what about wheat? On the wheat futures, Minneapolis wheat has been, you know, fairly sideways here. This week, it uh, did have a bit of an uh, an uptick, uh, up about eight cents. However, it really doesn't have uh, too much of a direction right now, and uh, it is something to watch. Now, I would say when looking at the Chicago and Kansas City wheat futures, those are the two contracts that are, are very much at support or a floor level that I've been watching. So uh, would I be buying Minneapolis? Not necessarily. Possibly the other two wheats. Um, and in terms of hedging or selling futures, uh, I would be maybe holding off on, on that as well. What do you see as a possible ceiling price for wheat and what's it at in total price per bushel? 
On the September Minneapolis futures, the ceiling that I'm watching or resistance is around that $5.38 a bushel, uh, and it has held that since about April timeframe. Now, uh, above that, we could see closer to that 550, 560 area, uh, and support or the kind of the lower end of the range that we've got back to kind of mid-May is closer to that 517 area. What's the outlook for next week and beyond? Well, Jim, I would say on the canola front, we will uh, will be watching very closely if this rally and strength in canola does continue. Uh, often, because canola is a smaller traded market, uh, bigger traders can come in and, and keep a trend going a little bit more significantly. However, I find that that's when also is possibly the best time to be selling into a rally and, and protecting prices because I don't always want to be having that uh, speculative side. Now, on the wheat front, I'm going to be watching if this sideways range does persist and if we can see a breakout uh, one way or the other. Adam, what about China and its trade? What impact in the world market? Well, Jim, there is actually just an announcement that China is planning to accelerate their purchases of American farm goods to comply with the phase one trade deal, kind of with the U.S. following talks in Hawaii this week. Again, we will see what type of follow through there is from that. But again, that is, is quite positive, And that might be one reason why we have seen a little bit of uh, kind of support here on the soy markets. Uh, China pledged to buy 36.5 billion worth of American agricultural products under this phase one deal. Uh, so we will see if they can actually keep up with that. Adam Picallo is a commodity futures advisor with PI Financial in Regina. This segment is brought to you by the Canadian Canola Growers Association, helping farmers succeed for over 35 years. Visit ccga.ca to learn more. And brought to you by Selford Group. Get the best price on new Selford equipment before July 3rd. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit SelfordGroup.com. Internet and cell phone service satisfaction rates in rural areas if Saskatchewan were already low last year. And they're likely lower now with busier traffic during the COVID-19 pandemic. More than 500 rural residents participated in a survey last year organized by the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan. Only 28% were satisfied with cell service and 18% happy with their internet. 62% reported having some form of internet service disruption on a daily basis. Survey comments highlighted three main concerns. Safety, economic impact and access to education. All three of those concerns have been magnified during COVID-19 according to APAS President Todd Lewis. Lewis is the president of APAS. The bandwidth just isn't there and entire systems were slowing down and uh, people were able to get online and this hasn't improved. There's you know, even issues around people that were using their cell phones as, as a hotspot and uh, just the overcharges on that. And it's a very difficult time and you know, unfortunately COVID has really shone a light on just how poor a lot of the connectivity is in rural Saskatchewan. Lewis outlines the impact on business and family needs. That's a perfect example there and uh, how do you make those choices and uh, you know a lot of the uh, newer equipment has uh, connectivity if you can't hook into the internet you know there's diagnosis can be done on machinery through connectivity and uh, straight to the dealership and uh, you know quite often uh, if you can't hook into the internet uh, it costs you the uh, cost of a service charge a technician has come out and plug their computer into your machine and uh, 
they don't do that for anything, right? You're paying mileage for those people who come out and service call charges, and you know it's not unusual to you know to have those charges of hundreds of dollars and even thousands of dollars if if it happens more than once in a year. So it it's uh, just another example that uh, you know really connectivity is no longer convenience is uh, really getting to be a necessity in our modern society, and uh, really the business world expects you to have connectivity, and we're seeing that you know in COVID the people. Uh, have to work from home and uh, it's expected that they're able to connect and uh, get into uh, companies networks and uh, be able to uh, you know operate from a home office and if you don't have connectivity you're a huge disadvantage and uh, really rural people are having to make some pretty difficult choices uh, they're going to live on the farm or live in an area with poor internet and cell service uh, you know people are actually having to make life choices about can they live in an area that, that isn't connected very well. And with university classes going online, it makes it difficult as well on the farm. Can you imagine it's, uh, it's a student going to have to uh, take their courses online and they're living in rural Saskatchewan. They may actually have to go and rent a place in an urban area just so they have the uh, internet service to uh, take their classes. It's uh, an unforeseen circumstance and uh, as I said with COVID, it uh, has really shone a light on, on really how poor a service we have in a lot of the province. There have been some improvements made and can it keep pace? You know, that's exactly where we're at now. I think when you uh, see the, the extra demands on the service and uh, we're always playing catch-up and uh, any improvement that is made is, is more than welcome. But, uh, you know, we have to have uh, huge capacity built into these systems and uh, existing towers have to be improved as well so we can get more uh, bandwidth and more internet available to more people and uh, you know I've, I've said it's not about having Netflix on your TV at home it's uh, it really is about business and about uh, how we're going to be able to uh, have our kids uh, connect to their schools and and all those issues that's uh, not anything but a necessity anymore and uh, you know it's quickly becoming you know just a service that uh, not unlike uh, power or telephone we went through a, a period of time in this province where hooking into the power grid is important and hooking into the telephone system is important and I think now we're you know really quickly approaching where we we're going to need this uh, connection to uh, the internet and, and cell service is going to be just as important as those services were in the past. The APAS is conducting a new survey on rural internet use. The information will be used to lobby the federal government and CRTC about the need for system improvements. The survey is on the APAS website. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. It's time for a beef market update with Ann Wasco of the Gateway Livestock Exchange. I guess let's start with the processors. The, the packers, boy, I'll tell you what, you go back six weeks if you would have told me that we'd be at these kill levels here mid-June, I don't think myself or many people would have believed you. Oh, I know, I know. So lots of um, lots of changes have obviously had to occur physically at these plants, and then in terms of uh, the, the COVID um, virus itself, you know, in terms of the sickness and the absenteeism and all those kinds of things, really had us going. You know, how how bad is this going to be? And but the worst of the worst um, was there in, in late April, early May, and the recovery in terms of uh, these plants getting these uh, kills back up to, you know, 93 to 95% of normal, depending on what country you're talking about, has been absolutely amazing. Okay. Uh, one thing that is gone is the high, well, record high box beef prices. Well, at this point in time, a person has to kind of get an update daily because that's how fast it's moving. But 
Um, th- this morning it was at two, the choice cutout was at two thirteen, two one three. Wow. And, uh, again, yeah, so it just continues to come off as it finds, you know, these big kills mean lots of beef now getting churned out, not the storyline we had in the media a few weeks ago about, you know, where's the beef today. There's lots of beef there. And of course the market's trying to find that demand piece when, you know, we still don't have, you know, back to normal in terms of food service in the U.S. or Canada. And even if you are open, it's 50% capacity. You know, all those pieces have really impacted the demand side. And, and that continues to be a concern well, for me, but obviously for, for those on the, on, the, on the beef side as it tries to find some support. And you bring up a really good point that we have brought the Packers online much faster than we've brought the restaurants back online. So we're trying to get through a backlog of cattle. They're in, you know, Packers are being encouraged to try to get through this backlog as quickly as possible or as quickly as they can. But we're not even at full distribution yet. So that that boy that 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 creates a bit of a log jam in the coolers. Yeah. So there's challenges on that side. And then the other piece we haven't talked a lot about, but don't forget here in Canada we we export half of our beef historically, right? So those markets are still in upheaval because the world is still in upheaval in terms of COVID. So um, we talked a little bit about, you know, Japan's back uh, kind of is is probably the only market that stayed kind of stable, but all these other markets are going to need to, you know, kind of get back to whatever, you know, the post COVID era looks like in terms of us getting beef sold back into those markets that were part of our mainstay. In in the U.S. has you know U.S. is our biggest export customer and mm-hmm. they've got a lot of their own pounds to deal with. Exactly, record U.S. beef production now through the rest of this year. Yeah, this is why you got to that market diversification. <laughs> have mm. as many customers as possible in as many cuts as possible. Okay, uh, cash market then. Uh, where does this all that leads us to? Where in the cash market? So, yeah, not, not a big surprise, Sean, with everything that's going on, big kills, cutout coming down, lots of cattle to sell. So cattle feeders aren't in really what you'd call a good bargaining position. You've got both the U.S. cash market coming down um, as well as what we've seen here in Western Canada. So trade kind of got going pretty early in the U.S. this week and today kind of seeing trade in that dollar to dollar two U.S. Uh, for finished year. So that's lower again than last week. And here in Western Canada, it looks like 220 delivered dressed. And when we talked a week ago, Sean, it was 230 to 235. So the market down 10 to 15 dressed. We're going to see a, a live weighted average from Canfax, I suspect, in the, in the low 30s when we're all said and done Man, at the end that, of the week. That U.S. market, 100, you know, 100 to 102, boy, we, we are doing our best to trace back to the futures price aren't we yeah yeah and again like i say the market needs to find some stability in terms of the demand piece and the cutout piece um i you know i'm hoping we're getting close to that level but this week um wasn't wasn't one of them this has been your real agriculture update you can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com Canola and its beautiful bright yellow flower blankets the prairies every growing season with 20 million plus acres. There's one place you need to go to get all your canola agronomic information, canolaschool.com. That's where you'll find all you need to know about seeding, disease, weeds and insects, harvest and marketing. 
Engaging and informative content all at your fingertips when you need the information. Visit canolaschool.com, brought to you by Invigor Hybrid Canola and BSF Canada. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton and Watrous, New Holland. Be prepared to deal with seeding and the aftermath with New Holland equipment from Raymore, Yorkton and Watrous, New Holland. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin or Devon at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather forecast, mainly cloudy, 60% chance of showers early this afternoon. Wind becoming west 20 early today this afternoon, the high 18, the low 8. Saturday, partly cloudy with winds from the north at 20 kilometers per hour. The high tomorrow, 20, the low plus 4. Sunday, sunny, the high 21, the low 7. Monday, sunny, the high 23, the low 9. Tuesday, sunny, the high 27, the low 13. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 26, the low 14. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high 27. Normal high is 24 for this date, the normal low 10 degrees. The sun rose at 4.47 this morning. It sets at 9.13 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Uranium City, way up north, 700 miles north of Regina, roughly, and it's 20 degrees. That's the hot spot. The cold spot up north as well in the middle part of the province at La Ronge at 5 degrees. And around the province, Estevan 17, Saskatoon and Swift Current and Weyburn all 15. Yorkton is 13. Regina, cloudy and 13, that's 55 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south, southwest at 21. Humidity, 60%. The barometer dropping, 101.6. Partly cloudy in Moose Jaw, 16 degrees. Winds are from the southwest at 24, gusting to 35. Once again, Regina, cloudy and 13, that's 55 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com and SMHI, crop hail insurance at cost, online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable, SMHI isn't, SMHI.ca. This is the first of a two-part segment on spray drift. As we heard in the crop report yesterday, strong winds have really slowed down spraying progress. Often a farmer will make the decision to spray in those high winds, which can lead to spray drift damage on a neighboring field. That's when forensic agrologists like George Luco from Eath Park is called in. Well, the first 15-minute consultation is, is free. So if they got a problem and they don't know exactly what to do, Give me a call, and we can you know go through what's happened. You know, if it's only like four feet on half an acre or half a mile, that's less than half an acre. Is that you're not probably going to get me out for something like that because you know my rates are you know two hundred dollars an hour plus mileage. Well, there's probably not that much damage there, but now once it gets bigger, and and right now it's really windy. And dead calm actually causes spray drift to go further because there's a lifting factor in there. And it happens in the morning, it happens in the evenings. And the spray, uh, whatever you apply, lift and move. And I've seen it move off a, a one-quarter section, move a mile. So two-quarters over it was damaged by spray application during an inversion. And now you're not talking, you know, 10 acres. You're talking two or 300 acres of damage 
and you only sprayed 160 acres of a field. And all of a sudden you're doing damage to three times that size. Luco says he uses a number of different tools to determine what the problem is. You come out and, and do an investigation, so I call it scouting. Um, so we have GPS pictures, generally GPS the damage area. In drift, if it's pretty severe, you'll have a 100% loss area plus an area that's, you know, that gets gradually less. So we try to find the extent of the drift. A lot of times the crop gets delayed two or three weeks, so likely it's going to have to be harvested separate from the rest of the field. You know, and we'll try to come up with the direction, the wind. You know, there's a bunch of different things that we do, shadowing and, and fingering of drift that give us uh, where the where the drift came from. Sometimes you may not know. Sometimes it's from two different fields. Uh, and, and sometimes I've seen fields where they got hit on one side, and as we're going along, we realize, no, the drift is getting worse going the other way, and realize they got hit from another side as well. So they thought they just got hit along the north, and they got hit along the north and the, the, the west side as well. And, uh, you know, depending on the crop and sensitivity uh, to the different herbicides, it, it can do a significant amount of damage. So we'll document it, and then we'll try to figure out what the target yields were based on what the farmer's been doing in the field. Their agronomics are important, you know, what their, you know, what their fertilizer they put on and figuring out what the field was capable of doing. Now, if you don't have, if you got a damaged area and an undamaged area, you can always compare the yield between those two. It does become a little bit more work at harvest time, but that's a very fair way of doing it. More on this in just a moment after the break. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by YAC Auctions, the first name you should think of in the auction business. Call 782-5999. Now part two on spray drift. Forensic agrologists like George Luco from Meath Park, Saskatchewan, are called in to help deal with crop damage from spray drift. Once the cause of the damage has been determined, it's time to discuss the issue with the farmer or spray operator. Well, usually uh, somebody's already talked to the neighbor that it's happened to. They said, okay, either, you know, get they phone their insurance company up and the insurance company hires me to come out and have a look at things. Or, you know, they, maybe they get their lawyers involved if they're not in a good relationship with their neighbor. And uh, a lot of times when I go out and look in the field, I'll have both farmers come. I have a side-by-side. And we both ride around. I take both people out if they're amicable to it. And, and we look and I, I give them an education of what to look for. A lot of times people don't realize, you know, certain things that they don't realize are caused by spray drift. And, and they didn't realize that, that. So usually they get a pretty good education from, you know, what I, I, I get them, that information. And then when the other guy, that the guy that did the drifting, it's now usually much more, it's like, oh, okay, now I see what you're pointing at, that shadow effect, and it points back to where it came from, and different things, and, and it gives them a pretty good understanding. And, and hopefully I do a good enough job, and, and it happens lots of people that I went out and did stuff for, and maybe they were on the other side, but they phone me when they have their next complaint because I did a fair job. Luco recommends farmers use programs like driftwatch.org from Purdue University. Saskatchewan is part of the network. He explains how it works. And uh, I have pumpkins at home, and so I make sure I have that on the map so people know we have pumpkins. 
because something was susceptible to spray drift. But it also lists uh, part of the drift watch thing is bee watch, and most uh, and the, the provincial uh, beekeepers association has been very good about getting most of their members to use it. So you know where the beehives are too. So if you're spraying an insecticide, you can find who's got uh, hives, where they are. And if you tell a beekeeper, they'll cover them for the day and the bees just don't go out. But they don't, they don't go when it's cloudy. So you cover them. It's not a big deal. But now the bees aren't getting poisoned by the insecticide either. So if there's a outbreak, a wheat midge or something like that, where you're spraying for an insecticide, you can find out because a lot of times you don't know where these beehives are because they kind of put them in sheltered areas and uh, you don't even know they're right next door to you sometimes. If you are interested in contacting a certified forensic agrologist, you can find a list on the Saskatchewan Institute of Agrologists website. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading. Viterra's prices for canola rose 270 at 438.18. Number one red spring wheat fell $1.73 at 229.13. The rest were all unchanged. Durham 266.39. Feed barley 196.71. Flax 512.79. Lentils $714.50. Oats 264.16. Yellow peas 257.89 and feed wheat 172.88. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, July spring wheat is down two and a quarter cents at 5.22 and a half cent a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn livestock auctions. Call Assiniboia 642-4180 or Weyburn 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell your locally owned Integra Tire Dealers. Now the latest livestock quotations. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Mooshtaw. 535 on offer at our Tuesday regular sale of cows, bulls, and yearlings. With this cow market fairly steady to the previous week, these really good high-yielding cows, 80 to 86, 87 bucks. Leaner, these medium kind of cows from 72 to 79. Young feeder cows and heiferettes were quite a bit stronger at 95 to $1.05. Sales right up to buck twenty-eight. The bull market's been fairly steady here for the past three months. These good Bulls, a dollar twelve to a dollar thirty. We did have a Belgian blue top out at one thirty six and a quarter. Yearland market it looked a little stronger. Also five fifty to six seventy five weight heifers, one seventy nine to one ninety nine. We had forty good grass tiers here for next week. We'll be receiving Monday till seven thirty. This has been Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have a great afternoon. And the latest Saskatchewan pork price report is from yesterday. Ham sold fifty eight hundred hogs Wednesday. Selling in a range of 115 to 148 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,000 head. Selling in a range of 112 to 150 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling in the range of 19 to 25 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and forward contract prices opened mixed this morning. On Wednesday, the Canadian dollar is up one basis point, with the daily exchange at 1.3555. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 73.72 cents U.S. U.S. cash reference markets are mixed and maintain a pattern of inconsistency between the reference regions that has been a feature of the cash markets for most of this week. 
The Western Corn Belt, for the third time this week, is trading below the $30 US 100 weight psychological level, coming in at $28.92, representing a 64% discount compared to the five-year average weekly price. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the resource report. The Saskatchewan government has released a new report on efforts to deal with climate change. The report says work continues on thinning the forest on crown land around urban areas to help reduce the risk of wildfires in northern communities. The province has added 1.75 million acres of protected areas in 2019, increasing the total to 16 million acres. This covers 10% of the province's land base and includes representation from each of the province's 11 ecoregions. An additional 81 culverts were upgraded over the past two years to meet new provincial flood standards. Saskatchewan continues to support further tracking of responsible farm fertilizer use through Fertilizer Canada in cropland. SAS Power continues to expand the use of renewable energy generation and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Strength in the materials sector helped boost Canada's main stock index to a triple-digit advance in late morning trading, while U.S. stock markets also moved higher. The TSX Composite Index was up 143 points at 15,622. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 160 points at 26,240. The Canadian dollar traded at 73.61 cents U.S. compared with 73.59 cents on Thursday. The August crude oil contract was up $1.17 at $40.22 per barrel. That's the Resource Report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. On Monday, there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. Hey.